Mate, it was a pretty dismal effort on the weekend. I think we only finished with 45 points, but to be honest, we both probably saw it coming ahead of the weekend. Oh, yeah, it was a really tough day out, but I, I think it was probably on the cards. West Coast coming off a pretty demoralising defeat the week before against Collingwood, and we're going over there with a pretty understrength side. No Zorko. A few of those younger boys getting the rest mm. for the last few games of the season, which I think is a good thing. Uh, we want them to be fresh going into the last four games, and hopefully they can get us over the line in a couple of games at least. So, yeah, it was, it was a pretty rough day. I think we started okay, but, yeah, West Coast, they are known to be flat-track bullies, and so it proved over in Perth. That was a game that they're never going to lose, and mm. it was just a matter of probably how much they would get up by. They just don't lose too many over there, and, yeah, a good side there. Certainly not um, at home either, but we did, as you said, start well. I think it was 4-3 to 3-2 at quarter time, but then after that we just couldn't kick a score and only finished with another 20 points for the game. But um, there were some positives to come out of it. Obviously, Dane Beams had a big game and probably his best game since he came back from that shoulder injury, finishing with 41 touches. And importantly, 14 of those were contested, which probably hasn't had the balance he has had since coming back into the side from that injury. Yeah, he was absolutely fantastic. 41 possessions. Uh, laid the six tackles as well. He was in everything. And yeah, like you said, he's probably struggling a bit coming back mm. from that injury. And he did come back very soon. So it's mm. completely understandable. But he'd probably been a bit off knowing what we've come to expect from him. But yeah, fabulous game and really led from the front. And it's just going to be really exciting if he can just keep himself fit for the next few years it's hard because he has had so many injury troubles and mm. doesn't seem to get a good run at it but yeah he's just a really good player and he has to be up there one of the best players in the competition I think yeah for sure he certainly started the year in that sort of fashion and had me thinking even potential Brownlow shots in yeah. those first few games but then slowed down a bit but there's no doubting his quality um, a few other blokes we should probably give mention to and who I ranked as our second and Third best players, despite copying a bit of criticism throughout the year. Daniel Rich had 32 at about 90% efficiency in probably his best game for the season. And also Ryan Bastanak, I thought, was pretty mm. impressive with 28-odd touches and a fair few tackles as well, seven. Yeah, seven tackles. Yeah. So um, No, he was great, Bastanak. Mm. And Rich, I think that was one of his best games for a very long time, 32 possessions. And just getting more of the footy and in space and able to kick – because, yeah, he has had a lot of his footy just really coming off um, probably kickouts or just under extreme pressure. But, yeah, to get the the 32 possession, 20 of them kicks, they can kick it um, more often than not. It's mm-hmm. going to be a really good thing for us. And it's interesting. We ended up with, I think, 29 more possessions in West Coast. And... Yeah, we probably overused it at times. I did it with the handball just mm. because of the the pressure they were creating. But yeah, there have been plenty of games this year where we've had more of the footy. It's just um, yeah, yeah, being able to use it properly and just turnover at I think critical times as well that sort of opens things up going the other way. But yeah. um, just sticking on Daniel Rich, I think it should be no surprise that his recent good form sort of coincides with with it and getting in the team. Yeah, I think good call. I think he's been able to really take some of the kicking duties and take some heat off Rich. And Rich, you know, going forward, he kicked a goal and hit the post on another one last week and had 
I'm just trying to find the stats inside 50s. Had five on the weekend and seven rebound yeah. 50s. So yeah, probably just getting more up the ground and not being stuck in the the forward pocket or the sorry the back pocket. So um, yeah, yeah huge that's a great call. Huge thumbs up for Witherden who backed up his run of well his hot start to his career with 28 touches. And you brought up the stat that you saw this week. Yeah, so seventh VFL AFL player to start his career with twenty disposals in each of his first six matches, which is quite incredible, and just speaks to how good of a start he has had to his career. And the more you look at it, where he's taken in the draft, it just seems like an absolute steal now. Just the the injury he had, it obviously set him back quite a bit, and mm. probably scared off a few clubs. But oh, so glad he's to been super. got him to the club. He's been absolutely incredible. One of the easiest money-making opportunities next year will be him to win the Rising Star because he will still be eligible next year because he won't have played the maximum games. So bank him in to win the Rising Star next week, next year, I yes. would have thought. Um, we had a few debutants to watch in their first games for the year. We'll start with Jacob Allison, who's a product of the Brisbane Lions Academy. He was pretty lively, had 20 touches and went at about... 75% efficiency. What did you make of his start to his career? Oh, he's terrific. He looked really assured. And, yeah, he's obviously come through the academy. And mm. I think he grew up in Victoria a bit and then moved to Queensland at an early age. But, yeah, he's just a, a terrific young player. And that academy keeps turning out some some really good prospects. So, yeah, yeah 20 possessions, six kicks, 14 handballs. He had a, a really good start. So, so much promise there. And I can't really recall a, a guy that's coming this season for his first game that hasn't really shown a lot. Like mm. it, It's just been incredible. All the guys have come in and had really good first games, which is pretty promising. And obviously, Sam Skinner as well. He's had yes. so much bad luck in such a short career so far. He's yes. had two knee reconstructions before playing his first AFL game. But everyone you speak to, all the talk about him is just, He's such a mature guy, and mm. he's a really, really good person on and off the field. And yep. to come in and just show that resilience, coming back from his second knee, Rico, doing it at training before he was supposed to play his first game, I think it was almost a year to the day he was yep. supposed to come in for his debut and hit two goals and, and looked really promising. And I think he's going to be a great prospect for us going forward. And, yeah, he can play at both ends, so... Mm. Uh, He's a, he's a great player, and just fingers crossed he can have a good run with the injury. It's definitely one of the feel-good stories of the year was him getting his debut after, as you just said, the heartbreak he went through last year and also the knee injury he had before before he was even drafted. That set him back as well. But, yeah, as you said, two goals and one absolutely fierce tackle, and I think it was Will Schof- Schofield. He just absolutely nailed him. And mm. I just like the way he sort of leapt yeah. the ball and attacked the contest. Yeah. Like I thought he was really impressive up forward and probably, I don't know about you, but I was pretty surprised to see him start up forward. I thought the sort of Dan McStay swap would have been a yeah. straight swap, but Josh Walker ended up, up going back. But um, what it has done for both of those players is create a big headache at selection this week because we had five guys that are best 22 miss out last week for rests mm. and suspensions and... McStay was injured, and they're all got the green light to come back. So we're going to try and work our way through how we fit those five into the squad. Um, 
I guess we'll start with Zorko. He's the the main one that's going to come in. Who makes way for Zorks, do you think? <laughs> it's such a tough one. All these guys going out are going to be very unlucky, but I think even though it was his first game of the season, probably Jared Jansen yeah. will go out. He had 11 possessions and didn't really set the world on fire. He was okay. Yeah, I don't think he was bad. It's just... No, he definitely wasn't bad. It's just... Mm. No, I agree with you've you. You've got to take some... Zorko's obviously coming straight back in. Yeah, he's so pretty there's unlucky. no question about that. But yeah, super unlucky, Jared Jansen. Um, I think... I completely agree with you, by the way. I think the hardest decision will be what to do with Dan McStay because Sam Skinner slotted in pretty well. And Josh Shackey, I thought... Played pretty well. He could have ended up with, did, yeah. with three or four. Had he, you know, different day. And even Michael Close, I thought, presented pretty well. Um, so I'm yeah. really not sure what to, to do there. Like, Dan McStay, I think, has been terrific. And there's no doubt comes back in. I just don't know who for. I think Fagan's going to go the long game on this one. And I don't think he's going to drop either Skinner or... Well, Allison, especially after playing so well. So you're going I close? That, yeah, I'm going close. Okay. Unfortunately, he's been very unlucky because yeah. I think he's never been um, bad any time he's come in. He's no. never been, you're just like, okay, he's had a shock here. He, he deserves to mm. go back to the needle. But yeah, I think he might be a bit unlucky. Michael Close. Um, well, the other key tall is Eric Hipwood. So. How do we fit that one in, mate? Um, it's a, it's well, really hard. Like we're obviously on the bottom of the ladder and struggling, so you can't say that everyone set the world on fire and deserves a spot. But yeah, it's very tough though. Um, yeah, probably you, Josh Walker. You reckon? It's yeah, Josh Walker's been really good. He's been playing at, at both ends, but mm. Kipwood's got to come back in. He's that X factor, and they obviously rested him for a reason because they see him playing the, the last four games of the season. Yeah, and obviously he's a massive part of our future. Well, so I, another I key the, position player, probably Walker. I suppose the question that comes out of that is if you're going to drop Close and Walker, who's going to do your relief rucking? Would you throw someone like Sam Skinner in for a bit of ruck work, or get Hipwood in there? Yeah, you, ideally you wouldn't want to put. Hipwood. Either in, yeah, you wouldn't want to put Hipwood in, and obviously Skinner's had the troubles with his knees as well, so you wouldn't want to expose put him, him in that mm. and ruck roll and expose him a bit. So it is a it is a difficult one, but uh, yeah, there's probably the only options really. Mm. And by the way, I do think Josh is pretty hard done by. I think against Carlton, he certainly started well before he got yeah. a bit of an injury, and then. Yeah, he didn't probably add a lot down back on the weekend, but um, I think he's just sort of um, <clears throat> a bit vulnerable to his own flexibility in a way. Like, you know, he had to accommodate Skinner and Close and, and Shaki on the weekend, so he got forced back. But in reality, he probably played his best footy up forward last yeah. week and the weeks before that. Um, we'll move on to the next couple of guys. So we've got McGluggage and Barry. What are your thoughts on who goes out? Well, I think these are the tough ones. Potentially Jake Barrett, yeah. even though I thought he played okay. But I think maybe, yeah, McLuggage in for Jake Barrett. I tend to agree. Like I love what 
Jake's done this year, how he's played, is that pressure forward. But mm-hmm. I think if we're going to hold on to Ben Keyes in the team for this week, I thought he was a bit fumbly at times. I think maybe you could play him in that sort of role. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It is tough, though. Like, you're really sort of pulling it hairs here to make it all fit. Um, the other one I was going to throw up, he's had some pretty good footy this year, but I think he was definitely exposed pretty badly at times on the weekend was Matheson. Okay. I, th- I think defensively, he just didn't didn't run defensively and got left wanting. I think Sam Mitchell left him in his wake at one point on the weekend, which isn't the best isn't the best indicator is it when Sam Mitchell, you know, on his last leg mm. is getting away from you. Like, but it comes back to that point. It's, this is really difficult. Um, yeah, I, I probably agree with you there. Matheson maybe needs a rest. Mm. He's, he's played a, a bit of footy now. He's, he's been good. Yeah, he's been good, but yeah, someone's got to go out. So the other one we might speculate on is, there was a bit of talk that Rockliffe might be done, like his shoulders sort of <clears throat> uh, worsened a bit over the last few weeks. Yeah. And there's, I think there's a bit of thought that maybe just get him in for surgery. So there might be a change that's actually forced. And I think even on the weekend, like he still had 18 touches, but he seemed to be more forward of the ball. Yeah. So I wonder if they were protecting him a bit. But um. Yeah, all the talk before the game is just he's going to be off the chain. He's going to be doing the tagging role this week. Mm-hmm. But I think he was he, – he did still lay the nine tackles, which just shows his intent Yeah, on the footy. Despite having a sore shoulder, he's, he's got a, a team high nine tackles, mm. which is pretty incredible. I think we're running him in a game high. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's extraordinary. It is a game high, actually. So mm. extraordinary stuff from Rocky. But, yeah, that's, that's probably an interesting call. And he's 150th um, as well. Yeah, he's one fiftieth. So, yeah, if, if Rocky's done for the year, then that makes it a bit easier for the, the coaching staff. Yeah, and the, yeah. The selectors. All right. Well, I think we worked our way through that reasonably well. Um, so that, of course, is in preparation for the Bulldogs this weekend. And I think before last weekend, we were both pretty bullish in our chances, but they played some pretty damn good footy against Essendon on the weekend. Yeah, all the talk after the game. I think it's a third consecutive win. And mm. they've actually... Well, they're not... I don't think they're in the eight right now, but mm. yeah, they're really making a big push for it. And yeah, they're obviously, they're going to get a sniff of the finals. Actually, all they needed was seventh place last year to get the premiership. So they know how important just to even make it in the finals is mm. now with the, the, the buy after round 23. So mm. yeah, they played some of their best footy, Bonds and Pally got back to some of his best form. And they're going to be really hard to beat, but I think we're still a chance. They yeah, have just so had that I. season where you think, okay, they've flipped the switch now. They're going to be back to that premiership mm. winning form, that hunger, and then they've slipped up again. So at the Gab, right, I think the guys are going to think this is a very winnable game. We played really well against them early in the season, just faded out. But we're a much better side since then, mm. and I think we would have learned a lot. Um, since then in a lot of games. So mm. it's going to be an interesting game, but, yeah, the Bulldogs are going to come up um, with their season on the line. Yeah, that's certainly one to, I think, go into pretty optimistic. Um, as you said, our form against them 
earlier in the year. We certainly started like a house on fire. I think that was the game I lost for the team because I rocked up at half time and then we it was indeed. We didn't kick a goal or anything, something like that. But um, <clears throat> yeah. So I think, and even that first half, we sort of exposed them a bit. Like there was certainly a game plan there that caught them out. So I think personally, I'm pretty confident in that Fagan's going to implement a winning strategy. Um, but I think what it always comes back to with our team is how long we can implement that and how long we can stay in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so certainly one that I'll go into pretty optimistic this weekend. Um, one thing that we were going to talk about earlier in the year but didn't get a chance, but we've got a bit of time now, so I'll pose the question. Out of our current team, if you had someone, this is like the old pub question, Someone in our team to kick for your life, current player. We'll do current and past player, but we'll start with current. Who would you pick? Oh, it's a really tough one. Especially, I, I've got more of an idea of past players, but the current mm. team. I just think Hipwood. Would you? Just, okay. Yeah, he just has that. He's a pretty he always damn good gets the kid. comparison with Buddy Franklin. And you just go back to Buddy Franklin when he really announced himself mm. in that 2007 elimination final against Adelaide, just drilled one from about 60 metres out on the boundary line. Yeah. I think it was about 20 seconds to go mm. and one horse on the game. And I think Hippo's got capabilities to do that, something like that as well. So He's a beautiful He's set a star. Show. He's an absolute star. And I'd, I'd back him in. But Dane Beams is another one. I would have gone I Dane Beams. Captain, mm. he knows how to win big games. He's played in the Premiership before, so yeah. Just I think Hipwood followed closely by Dane. He, he just wins. beams is someone that strikes me as just a really clutch player as well. Like if he was kicking for your life, I'd be pretty yeah. happy knowing that he'd step up to the plate. And he's just a goal sneak as well. Like he loves a goal. Like Zorko, I think is another one, but I think Dane beams probably just edges him out in terms of that clutch ability in stepping up to the plate but Zorko in terms of like a goal sneak is probably up there um, yeah yeah I, I like your hipwood though because I think if the situation was set shot or even general play you'd probably back him in from anywhere yeah um, who's your all time one you were pretty pretty certain about that well not certain as in the play but I had a few lined up but I think John O'Brien just proved yeah. throughout his career that he could just do it. Mm. There's so many times he just went back and just had to take the clutch kick and mm. deliver every time. Uh, that one against Sydney, yeah, Sydney, I was thinking right of that. on the boundary line, just ridiculous shot, 55 mm. metres out, just perch on the boundary line, and mm. he just went back, slotted it, got a draw out of that one, I think. Yeah, it was a draw. 2007, I think. I think memory. My memory of that is like he didn't even look to pass it. He straight off just went, no, I'm kicking this. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. I'm going to go back and just drill it. Um, do you have but, any other? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple other ones. Acker wasn't the best set shot. He obviously did his best work on the run, mm. either foot from outside 50, but he's just the ultimate clutch player. He's one of the best clutch players you'll, mm. you'll ever see. So I think if he had the set shot, he would just nail it. Mm. I like that one. Um, 
I would have gone the same with you, Brownie. I think his set shot was just so reliable later in his career. I don't know if you remember early days in his career, but I remember watching him and you sort of wouldn't know where the ball was going to end up. You'd think, oh, God, where's this going? But over time, he developed into one of the moral certainties in front of goal. Mm-hmm. And just as we've talked about that, um, you know, that clutchness as well. Um, I reckon the best kick I've ever seen still is Josh Drummond. He was, I think, fe- oh, yeah. featured in a throwback Thursday last week. And just that game against West Coast when Polk's kicked the the torp. <clears throat> Drummond that day is his only game he's ever got three Brownlow votes and he kicked three or four goals or something. But, um, yeah, I would have probably thrown in Voss as like that sort of clutch player as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's so many stars from that Premiership area where you can mm. say confidently they would go back and, and nail it. You could almost throw but, in anyone in that Premiership team and oh yeah, you'd be pretty happy. But yeah, you're right with John O'Brien early in his career, but you just go back to those big moments, even second year in the, the 2001 Premiership, he nailed a couple of really important goals at just crucial mm. stages of the grand final. And tough shots as well. I think there was yeah. one in the third quarter we really needed. He's just tucked away on the boundary line and just went back and, and slotted it. So, yeah, he, he's just one of those guys that just loves a big occasion and just not overawed, just can go back and just do it. Mm. Oh, some some good choices there. We'll throw it out on um, social media in, as well and see what we come, yeah. come back with. Um, we'll finish this week by wrapping up with... AFL women's bit of AFLW news. So we had eight players picked in the State of Origin team. Or you can't really call it State of Origin because it's Victoria versus Allies. So it's just... Yeah, all-stars game, I guess. Yeah, we'll we'll call it an all-stars game. But we had the most of any club. So Caitlin Ashmore is playing for Victoria. And then for the Allies, we've got Frederick Traub, Emily Bates, Emma Zilke, Jess Wushner, Kate McCarthy, Leah Kasler, Sam Virgo... And our old friend Taylor Harris is also there. Oh, uh, good old Taylor. She doesn't count. No, um, we won't give it too much. But. So that'll be something to look forward to in September, early September. Um, on that topic, do you think that's something that should come back to the men's competition? Probably not. Mm. Just because the season is so much longer. Mm. With the AFL women's, it was only what... Seven rounds this year and then a grand finals. And the men's, you've just got the, the 23-round season and the finals as well. So mm. I just don't think there's enough space on the calendar or there's not enough urgency no. or want behind to bring it back. We had the game in 2008 for the yeah the big celebration. It was the 150th yeah, yeah. Um, Australian rules celebrations. And that was a really great game. and It, it was. was. Great buy-in from the players, but I think it was just great as one-off. If you had it every year, I think mm. it would just lose its luster a bit. But I do like how they're doing it. Maybe it could come back every, yeah, every few years or so. I do like how they're doing it with the AFL women's, though, because they're going to have it on that week, the bye week before yeah. the finals. And if yeah, they're going to have that... Well bi- last year. If they're going to have that bye week, which, in my opinion, is pretty stupid, but if you're going to have it, it's good to fill it up with something like this and you know probably get get us all excited for the next AFLW season which probably wouldn't be too far after that but yeah I think you're right I think if they tried to implement with the men you'd just be forced there'd be no culture there there's no like history yeah that's what works well for rugby league is like there's you know decades and decades of clashes but um yeah, yeah. exactly right and 
there's yeah the history behind it and it's almost the state of origin is almost bigger than the season itself. Like. Well, it is because I don't know how closely you follow rugby league, but the narrative in NRL is if someone gets injured in a club game on the weekend, it's like, oh, will they be fit for Origin? Yeah, but exactly. You, you can bet your bottom dollar if someone got injured in Origin, it'd be all about how you know oh, Bri- yeah. Brisbane's premiership dashes are ruined because Beams yeah. done his knee or whatnot. Uh, it's just it's just not the same. So I think. No. Better left Not at all. untouched. Yeah, um, there's always talk that it should come back, but and another thing, you've just got Queensland versus New South Wales. That's the diehard rugby league states. It doesn't really mm. get a look in anywhere else. You got Melbourne Storm, but there's traditionally not that many p- players come out of Victoria. There's mm. not a lot of pathways, but you've got that just dead set rivalry there, and it's just not the same if you it's Victoria versus the rest, the yeah, all exactly. stars. It's just nowhere near the same sort of rivalry. It's special with State of Origin Rugby League and mm. I'm sure AFL fans wish we had something like that, but it just can't be replicated. Yeah, I think it'd just be very manufactured in terms of the rivalry yeah. and just wouldn't have the same passion and emotion behind it. Um, anything else you want to tick off before we sign off, mate? Just looking forward to beating the reigning premiers end of their premiership run this weekend. Yeah, I think we should all feel pretty good going into this game on Saturday. All right, mate, until next time. All right, thanks, Gags.